0: Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show present the Weekend Preview. We're breaking down Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen, two of the brightest and best in this featherweight division. Something's got to give. Two of the finest performances in 2022. These guys are looking for that title fight with Volkanovski, and they got to go in here and prove it. We're also talking Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. The biggest fight of the weekend. (laughs) And we are talking about the announced Bellator versus Ryzen card. Mm. All this and more. And it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 244 we're here once again. We're towards the end of the week. It's Thursday. Dominic, weekend preview time once again. And it's a uh, it's an interesting episode. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. We start out high. Start out with a great, great, exciting fight. And then I feel like it's all almost downhill from there. <laughs> Basically. And then maybe at the end we kind of pick, uh, well. Mm. Uh, nah you're uh right. Dom, dominic how are you feeling i can't think i must be the best salesman in the world if you guys weren't excited for this episode i don't know how that doesn't just put asses in the seat maybe yeah yeah people are eating the popcorn for
1: sure right now um <laughs> I'm, I'm ready regardless of what we've got in the you know the fights happening in the mma world this weekend and even boxing as we may even get into it's gonna be a good episode as always because we're the damn joeys well we're just two of The Joes, the below average Joes, as Noah likes to say. Uh, But it's going to be a good one, man. We're coming off of a a wild weekend, a disastrous weekend, a little bit of everything type of weekend. But uh, we're coming back down to earth here as we head into UFC Vegas 63, Bellator 287 in Italy. So uh, it's going to be a fun episode, Noah. I'm with you, my beautiful sidekick, and I would prefer nothing more on this Wednesday evening and, of course, Thursday. When you're seeing
0: this episode, how are you as we get rocking. I feel good. I feel very good. It is getting a little bit colder this week. Um, It's in that really awkward time frame of the year where the morning hits. I'm leaving for work. And It's, like, pretty cold out. So you need a coat. You need a hoodie. You need something. And then I leave work, and it's, like, 95. Yeah. Like, uh, didn't didn't sign up for this. Exactly. Pick one, you know. But – these are old jokes. I'm sure you've all heard the Ohio being, you know, Ohio type deals. So I've yeah. or this is Indiana. But you get my point, you know. Right. It's, I'm glad to know you're same. going through it over there too, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um in order to do what we're gonna do here, we don't need to be outside. We just need to be smack dab in front of the television, right? Yes. Now. very true. And you know something I love to do when I'm watching television? What's that? I love to use PointsBet Sportsbook, Dom. They are the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show, and they have a great offer for you, the listener, you, the viewer, that you can take advantage of right now. Right now, PointsBet is going to match 100% of your initial deposit as a new user up to $2,000. Now, there are two ways to make good on this offer. One, there is a link in today's episode, in the description, no matter what platform you're watching on, if you click that link, go there, you sign up, boom, you got the offer. Also, you can download the Points PointsBet Sportsbook app, take a look around, see how things feel, do you like the lines, do you like what they offer, and when you sign up there, you just have to make sure to put in code MMAJoes. One more time. Oh, I'm sorry. MMA Joe's oh. at sign up and you get the offer. So we love Points Bet Sportsbook. Shout out to them. And with that, Dominic, we head into UFC Vegas. I didn't care enough to look it up. So That's uh true. Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. Dominic, if I were to write out a list of some of the best performances of the year, I think the short list. So if you took a list and then you cut it down to like your top five. I think there's a good chance Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen would make an appearance on that list. Mm. Calvin Cater basically started our year off with a bang. He was in the main event against Giga Chikadze. Chikadze was, of course, like, really looked at as perhaps a future player in this division, a real threat to the throne maybe. Mm -hmm. And Calvin Cater beat the brakes off of him for five rounds. His first fight since getting the brakes Beaten off him by one Max Holloway. So a big comeback performance from him. And then, Dominic, we went to London, one of the best cards of all time, especially for a fight night. Mm -hmm. Arnold Allen on that main card versus Dan Hooker, who was trying to reinsert himself into the featherweight division. Arnold Allen said, no, sir. And had him looking like a pinball in a pinball machine. Was just, I mean, beating that ass all over the cage. Yeah. So now these two have been placed against one another I know Cater has since fought uh, again He did lose this past summer In a very razor thin close decision to Josh Emmett Mm -hmm. But regardless I think stock is at least somewhat high on Cater right now And then Arnold Allen who's got an 8 fight win streak One of the highest win streaks in the entire UFC So um, your thoughts kind of going in here Two guys that feel like they're really trying to to get the eyes of Volkanovski on them, you know Volkanovski looking for that lightweight title, but you know eventually he's got to come back. At least we assume. So, um, what do you kind of think of this main event going in, and you know what storyline maybe sticks out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean this is a sick main event, guys. If you're a fight fan, this is right up your alley. Uh, this is a phenomenal matchup stylistically in terms of where they are in the division right now, number five versus number six, Arnold Allen, of course, you know, is riding a wave that's unprecedented really right now in the featherweight division outside of the current featherweight King and Alexander Volkanovsky. You know, he's nine and zero inside the UFC 11 wins in a row. If you go the two fights prior to his UFC run um, and he's really just making some of it easy work. Some of it, he's more methodical in his ways, but he's a super Super talented. And dare I say, up until the Dan Hooker fight, which put him you know, on a showcase, on a platform, he was severely underrated, Noah. Really, this is a battle of two of the most underrated fighters in all of the UFC. But again, now they're getting that shine. Calvin Cater, this is going to be his fifth UFC main event. Arnold Allen, this is his first. So the bright lights uh, for Arnold for the first time. Calvin Cater, been there, done that, and especially over the course of five rounds. Calvin Cater, one of the best boxers in the UFC. Arnold Allen, dangerous striker. I think we saw that in Dan Hooker, uh, in the Dan Hooker fight, but good submissions and just a really solid, well-rounded skill set, too, that you don't get to see all that often uh, in this division right now. This is a really, really high-level fight with important implications. The storylines is Calvin Cater, right? You said lost that razor-thin decision that could have went his way against Josh Emmett. Can he right the ship? Can he kind of, Hold strong in that top five spot, prove that he's right there for that title. Arnold Allen to start your UFC career 10 and 0, get a win in your first main event against Calvin Cater. That would say a lot in getting him right next to uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. So there's a lot riding on this. It's a very, very big fight card. I'm not, I know there's like a love coming in from it um, for it from the hardcore fans, but uh, even casual fans, like this is going to be a really, I don't see a scenario where this fight's boring. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. That could be a kiss of death. We've done a few of those on this show, but I think this is going to be a pretty incredible fight now. I really do.
0: It is two guys that constantly deliver. Arnold Allen feels like this is uh, the biggest fight of his career by far. It's his first main event spot. He's got the win streak. Feels like there's more at stake for him here. Like I think a win could, not guaranteed, but could really put him in line to be the next title challenger at 145 pounds Mm -hmm. maybe it should there's the argument for josh emmett yeah i mean i've been very much in support of josh you know in his endeavors to try to get at least a title eliminator or something but arnold allen undoubtedly is right there as well and the fact that he has that undefeated start to his career does say something For him, I think the activity has prevented him from being more looked at as that threat in a lot of the, not even just casual fans' eyes, but even some fans to our level. Like I think that a lot of us tend to forget about Arnold Allen sometimes when he goes through these extended periods of not being as active. But we saw him in March. He's back here in October, the end of October. He's really looking to cash in here and get a big win, put himself Mm -hmm. in a title fight opportunity that he may not need to fight for until next summer. So that would be kind of perfect for his sort of schedule. While for Calvin Cater, I feel like there's less at stake. Like, yes, you're in the top five. Mm -hmm. You don't want to drop two in a row, three of your last four. That doesn't sound very good. And after the all-time beating he took from Max Holloway, I wasn't sure if, regardless of if he bounced back, because that kind of beating changes a career. But for me, after that fight, I wasn't sure if he was ever going to be able to sort of wash away the stench Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. that fight. Like, I thought he may just always be bogged down by being the guy who just, Max Holloway's great. But when Volkanovski's beaten him three times and the way Max beat Cater, right, like right. I wasn't sure if he could. there was anything he could ever do to put himself in a title fighting opportunity. But then the Giga Chikadze fight nearly washed away all of that right away from yeah, me. I, I thought I he came back in a massive way. On one hand, Chikadze was really being built up as that kind of real threat to Volkanovski's title reign and Cater just beat the brakes off of him and did take some good shots in that fight and showed that really he's still a tough-ass dude. Doesn't yeah? It's not like his chin's gone or anything like that. And then the Josh Emmett fight afterwards, you could argue that Cater won that fight, yeah. and the fight delivered. It was oh, another yeah. main event spot for him. That's three main events in a row for Calvin Cater. I don't think there was anyone before the Max fight. I think that's three main events in a row. No, actually, four. He fought Zabit. Yeah, and don't forget Dan Ige. He's had five straight, I think. Wow. Five straight main events for Calvin Cater. You know, that's an underrated stat that I don't think a lot of people would. Uh, Those are Anthony Smith numbers, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. (laughs) Those are Anthony (laughs) Smith numbers. Yeah. And most of these, most fights that we just, actually, every fight has delivered in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So if he comes in here, if he gets a win and puts on another. Great performance, great fight. Then, yes, he lost to Josh Emmett, who should still have claim to that title fight over him. But it would go a long way in showing Nebraska. Like, you put this guy in that spot, it may not exactly break the house, you know, bring the house down as far as pay per view buys, but it could deliver in terms of the action. And then, who mm-hmm. knows where that could take him. So, I, I definitely see what you're seeing when it comes to this fight. Is eh, I'm not gonna I'm gonna say it, but I'm gonna regret saying it as soon as I say it. Okay, this fight is too good to fail. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. And I guess Dominic, do you sort of agree with me? I guess in my assessment of what's at stake for these guys, do you feel? You know, how do you compare? a win here for Arnold Allen versus the resume of Josh Emmett right now in terms of Mm. would those two guys need to then fight to declare the true number one contender, or is one of these guys going to get timing, get the timing right and be in place for Volkanovsky maybe next summer?
1: Yeah, that's interesting because it's been a little bit quiet at the top of featherweight since July, right? I mean, that's when Volk beat uh, Max Holloway, right? That was July. Yeah. So it's Mm -hmm. been that long ago already. We know Volt got injured. Now his next fight's going to be at 155. The title's up in lingo right now. Probably not going to be defended until next summer at the earliest. So, what will happen here? This is, again, assuming Arnold Allen wins this fight because we're comparing it with him and Josh Emmett. You have Yair Rodriguez still at the top now. I know his last win was kind of shaky because it came with the injury to Ortega, but he's there as well. You kind of have like a three-headed monster you know, at the top, and nobody really knows because you can't do a triple threat match, unfortunately, in the UFC. Uh, So it's interesting. It's in a very interesting spot right now. You would think that something would have been worked out. We've not heard anything about Josh Emmett or Yair. I feel like them two fighting in all this meantime or coming up the end of the year would have been a good compromise, but here we are about to hit November and nothing's been said. So I would still hold Emmett ahead of Allen simply because I mean, they're both fresh matchups, obviously. All three of them are for Volkanovski, so that causes even more drama. But Emmett beat Cater first, right? I think that's kind of the uh, ruling here on this one. Obviously, Emmett's win streak isn't as high as Arnold Allen, uh, but Emmett had to fight back from that torn ACL. He's doing this all at, like, 38 years old. The timing, the clock that he has on his career is much shorter. I would give it to him before Arnold Allen, but... I just don't really know what's going to happen at the top of this division anyway with Volk taking time away for 155. Honestly, I'd like to just go ahead and see Emmett and Yair get a fight in since this fight's about to happen.
0: But I can't have everything
1: I asked for Noah.
0: Well, I feel like part of the reason why it's taken so much time for that fight to gain any traction still hasn't. But yeah. I could see there starting to be some whispers of Emmett versus Rodriguez, but I think what made everybody kind of hold steady was everybody was unsure what Volkanovski was going to do. He made it clear he wanted the lightweight title fight, but up until Robbie Fox's interview last week, Dana had never said anything about it. Right. Now that that direction has been made pretty much clear, I Mm -hmm. think – even though Josh Emmett, I would still hold above Arnold Allen with a win, I think, unfortunately for him, timing is not going to be on his side to go straight into a title fight. Mm-hmm. So I think him and Rodriguez would make a lot of sense. But then, of course, once that fight happens, let's say it happens the first quarter of next year, the winner of that is clearly going to have yes. that edge over Arnold Allen. Now, this is a lot of ifs and you mm-hmm. know, looking out maybe a little too far. But for now... Arnold Allen with the win, I would say, is the most likely guy to get the next shot as it stands. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And we'll have more on this card to come, but we do want to get into some headlines from the week, Dominic. Yeah. Probably the biggest one as an MMA fan is that Bellator and Ryzen have announced they will be doing a New Year's Eve show in Japan, a little cross-promotion here. Yeah. Bellator and Ryzen have done this a few times before. Um, but it looks like the scale of this one's going to be pretty massive. Uh, some of the Bellator names that'll be on this card include uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, Juan Archuleta, I believe, Aaron, mm-hmm. um, AJ McKee, mm-hmm. uh, Patricio Pitbull on this one.
1: Yes, he is.
0: Yeah, and we're—I mean—we're admittedly not too familiar with a lot of the talent from Ryzen, But what I love about this is that this is going to give us that kind of exposure. Yes. To Ryzen, who is not just some, like, you know, they're not some um, real small promotion. I mean, they're pretty big over in Japan, so um, I'm excited to see what they have to offer. And Dominic, we're really going to get invested into sort of how a Ryzen card is run because Mm -hmm. these fights will take place in a ring under Ryzen rules, which means soccer kicks and knees to the head on the ground pride never die okay Yeah, pride never die i mean ryzen is sort of the spiritual successor of pride in a lot of ways so what look at that wording there yeah so i'm very excited for this card now will it be promoted like a big deal i think we should leave that to the experts like josh thompson dominic what do you think of this one
1: yeah (laughs) nice uh (laughs) this is fun i think this is fun we don't get to see co-promoted events um, In terms of like two organizations in MMA very often, really, it is Bellator and Ryzen <laughs> that do right. it. That's about it. So I'm excited, man. We get to see how Ryzen's talent will stack up because, like Noah already mentioned, it's not like we really get to follow Ryzen very much, but we're going to get to on this very day. How are they going to stack up to some of the biggest names that, that Bellator has to offer? I mean, Patricio Pitbull, AJ McKee, Juan Archuleta. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, these are all champions. Don't forget Horiguchi was in um, the promotional crossover a few years ago. That was what kind of made him big. And then he was a Bellator champion, a Ryzen champion. So, well, we could see potentially future Bellator champions stake a claim here, except they're from Ryzen. So Mm -hmm. I think scenarios like that could very much uh, come into play here. We've got some Ryzen champions on the card, some guys with very solid records, a lot of experience. I think it's going to be fun. It's a New Year's Eve card, right? So yeah. kicking off the New Year with a bang as well. Sports betting coming to Ohio. Maybe I'll even get to do a little wagering on Ryzen <laughs> versus Bellator. Who knows? But I think it's fun. I don't think there's really any negatives that can come out of this. I think both organizations get to showcase their talent. And if anything, the bigger winner, I think, is Ryzen because they get a more uh, United States you know, domestic viewership for them, and especially if a Ryzen or a couple Ryzen fighters – take down some Bellator champions.
0: Yeah. I mean, this isn't the first time they've done it, but mm-hmm. it does feel like, I don't know what those cards looked like before if I'm being truthful, but uh-huh. it at least feels a little bigger right now to me. Like, I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the last time they did it, but like, I don't know if they did it last year or two. Cause if they did, then I can tell you, I had no idea. <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, I do think that kind of makes this a bigger deal, but Dominic, what's like interesting is you're kind of right about the championships, you know, how they could change hands, how number one contenders could be made in these matchups. I'm pretty sure Horiguchi, under Ryzen, defeated Bellator's at the time bantamweight champion. I think he became the Bellator bantamweight champion through one of these cards or maybe it was the reverse. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he did, I don't know. He he won a title on one of these cards by defeating yep. the Bellator fighter. And I think it was for the Bellator Bantamweight title. And then he couldn't defend. Right. Stayed with Ryzen. So there's could be a lot of exciting things like that. And I wish more promotions would do this. I know we say that. Like, I know the UFC will never do it. They kind of got screwed by pride back in the day when they tried it, but it's fun. And Dominic, there's something just extra special about holiday sporting events. There is, there really is. And I understand like, Part of me as the the human in me feels for some of and this is New Year's. I mean, it's a little different, but you know, when you see NBA on Christmas or Mm -hmm. NFL on Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. my heart does go out to a lot of those players because they don't get to be with their families during that time they're playing But as a viewer of the product, as a fan of the product, there's no doubt that it does not feel like one of the bigger days of the year for the sport. Yes. I wish MMA would embrace that a little bit more. I feel Mm -hmm. like the holidays tend to be the downtime. You know, we tend to take off weeks during Christmas, during Thanksgiving, whatever. So I wish there was more of that. So I love just kind of going for it with New Year's Eve. I think that's very cool and a cool way to kind of kick into the new year. Yes, New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day, big party time. So you have like a watch party, put a little Bellator versus Rising on. Mm-hmm. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, exactly. Give me a Valentine's Day UFC card. You know, just have a bunch of people just kissing in the octagon. Though.
1: Nothing makes us more. Never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next one here. Oh, here we go. Here, I know has <laughs> been waiting on this one, right? No, the, this was uh, – Dominic tried to sneak this one in on the, right. on the script for today. So probably the biggest fight <laughs> in all of uh, sports this, this weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be in the boxing ring, Dom. Yeah. Uh, we, w- we will see um, one athlete take on another MMA fighter. So what are your thoughts on Uriah Hall taking on Le'Veon Bell?
1: I see what you did there. Uh yeah. So that's interesting. Uriah Hall retires from MMA. Now he's boxing a former NFL running back on an undercard of a Jake Paul boxing event. What a sentence that just was, huh? Did you just hear that? Yeah, wow. let
0: me let me just say, not to cut you off, oh, yeah. but I really hope that Le'Veon Bell hits the hole faster in boxing than he did in the NFL because as great as he was in his prime, Nothing would get more frustrating than watching him in the backfield take about seven seconds to hit the hole. So hopefully when Uriah has those openings, he's not taking his sweet time to deliver that right hook. Uh, Yeah, so this is the biggest fight of the weekend, Dom. Uriah Hall versus Le'Veon Bell. Um, Also on this card, this will be at the Desert Diamond Arena in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, on the undercard, you will see Anderson Silva, Dominic's favorite fighter of all time. Yeah, taking on, I think Dominic's favorite person of all time. Right, Jake, the danger child, the, the, I don't something know, like the, that. The problem child, problem child, Paul. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So, Dominic, what a dilemma this is for you. Your favorite fighter versus your favorite human being. Right. Uh, where, where, whose side are you on here?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, what? where do we even begin with this? I, You know, I just... The, the, the sickening feeling in my stomach that I always knew this fight was going to happen <clears> is <throat> really coming to fruition now because we're just a couple of days out from it actually happening. Assuming it happens. I've heard a fight or two falls out every now and again on these types of cards. But, um, you know, if... Let me just say this. If Anderson Silva... Gets knocked out like Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. I don't know if I will ever be able to recover from it. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that.
0: You know, it doesn't help when Anderson's doing an interview beforehand and he's saying, Yeah, I got knocked out twice in training. It's like, Yeah, um,
1: yeah did you see all the stuff going about that today? No, what was going on? So apparently he said that, but it got misinterpreted the wrong way. But I guess before he came out and said that, people were investigating it. The Athletic Commission was investigating it, saying, if he actually just got knocked out twice in training, then we might have to cancel the fight, blah, 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 blah. But then they said it got misinterpreted. Anderson meant to say that he got knocked down twice, and that it happened months ago. So... Mm. Yeah, um I'm a bit sick to my stomach.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sure that it was just That a, doesn't sound good. Yeah, I'm sure it was a misinterpretation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um I don't know if I believe it either way. Like I feel like he's just talking shit and he didn't realize how serious or not talking shit. I feel like he was just trying to talk about how serious he took this training camp, how hard it was, like how aggressive he he trained. I hope you're right. <laughs> Like I don't know if I believe that Anderson Silva got knocked out twice in training. I just don't think I believe that. And if you did, what? Well,
1: no fighter ever says that. So yeah.
0: But I think he was really just. I, I legitimately believe that this is a this is a him just like fooling around. Did you like their dance competitions? Uh, so I saw a lot of people like saying, "Oh my gosh, I love this. This is great stuff." Yeah. Like you know, I don't need it. Like in my fight promotion, like I don't need a dance battle. I mean, it yeah. was cool when like Yoel and Izzy did it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But at, and, but look at what happened with that fight. Oh. So if dancing before the fight, it might just be the kiss of death. And right. I mean, <sighs> can we can we can we actually like give a little a little nugget of like serious analysis real quick about this or at least sure. um. Forward looking ahead a little bit. Uh-huh. If Anderson Silva wins this, I'm not saying I mean, I guess we can talk about the different scenarios, but just if he I'm just gonna open it up blanket statement question for you. If Anderson Silva wins this fight, is the Jake Paul kind of bubble like is this thing over or is he still yeah. got the kind of marketing capabilities and different Fights out there that people may buy to where he can keep this going regardless. I think it ends the Jake Paul versus MMA
1: thing. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe, but I still feel like as long as Jake Paul wants to, because again, I, I will give the guy this love him or hate him. It works. He's making millions of dollars and he does seem to take it pretty seriously. So, if anything, a loss here to Anderson would really show if he's really, like, about it. Like, does he want to keep fighting, mm-hmm. like, YouTube-type people or other, like, lower-level boxers? Or are you just coming for the MMA people, and if you lose this, then that story's over? That's kind of where my head
0: is. I mean, it, it does kind of seem like, though, that at least a lot of the rumors were that after this fight, they want to do him and Nate Diaz, so... Oh, Wow. So, if Anderson comes in here, and let's say Anderson knocks him out. Wouldn't that be just... I mean, can you can you really do, like, can you really sell Jake Paul as a legitimate threat against, like, a Nate Diaz? No, no. A loss here, no. Yeah. If he loses a close decision, can you still do him and Nate Diaz? Ooh. I would say probably yes. Actually, yeah. I think they would pivot. I think they would pivot and do a rematch. Yeah, probably... Yeah. There's yeah. probably a good chance if Anderson wins this under any circumstances, they probably do a rematch. That's probably in the contract, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um I gotta give Jake Paul a little bit of credit just for the fact that he's taking this fight. Like I know Anderson Silva's an old man. I mean, he's he's old. Yeah. He's I mean, I think he's is he older than Tom Brady? Like damn. This They're about the same age, I think. Yeah. But I'm not going to use that as an excuse. If Jake Paul comes in here and knocks him out or wins this fight clean, like look, Anderson Silva is not a pro boxer, but he's one of the best MMA fighters of all time. And he did it with his stand-up. Now I know it was a little more diverse than just boxing, but look at what he did to Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I mean, I know junior wasn't, quite the boxer he was back in the day. He's sort of washed up himself. But I think Anderson Silva's a legit boxing threat here to Jake Paul. Uh-huh. I wanted to believe Tyron Woodley was capable of that. You saw how that kind of went. And then yeah. Ben Askren, I mean, you know, just not known for his not a things. striker. Yeah. So yeah. Anderson Silva, I mean, this would be legit. Regardless of the age, I mean it, I gotta give him credit for taking oh, it. You're I right, don't man. Think, I don't think it's easy, but then it just makes me wonder, Dom. And I'm not gonna be like your father and get in this conspiracy zone here, but I yeah. can't help but go like, "But why did he take it?" I'm like, right. "Why did he take this fight? Like, what? It, he Does he really
1: want to prove it that bad?" Or... Well, like, it
0: just—it just makes me. It just makes me. My head go. My, my brain starts going a bunch of different directions because I'm like, "This is such a tough fight for him." That I go, "Why did he take it?" Yeah. Is it really the biggest fight out there for him? Like, is it sell any more than him and Tommy Fury or whoever the fuck you put in there? Right. I don't know. it It makes me wonder. What's the catch? What? What is there stuff in the contract that? Not that Anderson Silva would be throwing this fight. I'm not saying that, but that is there. Is there setups in the contract? Kind of like what? Uh, what's his name? That, that fight that fell out, he accused, I guess, right. Jake the Cole weight of, stuff. And... Like, is there stuff in this contract that sort of affects Anderson's ability to just, you know, pour it on? It's go through the to, to go, well, no, just to even on the lead up, like, is there a certain mm. weight cutting procedures? Is there certain uh training rules in place? Like, I don't know, I'm just Uh, my brain's been going crazy since this fight was announced. Like, why did, I'm kind of shocked that he actually took this. Yeah.
1: Part of me wants to say respect to him for doing it, but I'll hold back on saying that until whatever happens in the, uh, in the ring.
0: Fair point. Let's move on into the rest. Dominic of UFC Vegas. I really still don't Don't care. Don't care. (laughs) There's too many of these UFC Vegas. at This point. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest fight outside of the main event for me personally, Dustin Jacoby taking on Khalil Roundtree Junior. Mm. Dustin Jacoby is a number fifteen ranked light heavyweight in the division dom. Yeah. And yet they keep putting him fighting guys outside of the rankings. Um, I feel like Dustin is getting a little disrespected, a little Always overlooked. Yeah. That's not a knock on Khalil Roundtree. I respect the hell out of that guy. He's poured his heart and soul. Out to the MMA community for the last year. And yeah. he's looked damn good while doing it. But I felt like Dustin Jacoby was ready for that next step. And instead, he's getting Khalil Roundtree. who's was a tough matchup, for sure. But um, I'm curious your thoughts on this fight. I do lean pretty heavy Dustin Jacoby. I think it's a pretty bad matchup for Roundtree. He's got a lot of power. But Jacoby is, I mean, just an excellent kickboxer. And I think that might show here that there's levels to this game.
1: Yeah, I think this is an interesting uh, fight. Dustin Jacoby is a very underrated fighter uh, being in the rankings now. Khalil's always kind of in these types of fights where he's back in top 15 or, like, you know, 16 through 25. Like, that's kind of where Khalil's been his whole career. Uh, But he has won two in a row, both via second-round TKO. He's looked very good as of late. I think he does have the power to threaten anybody, but Jacoby is just... I think is an all-around skill set in terms of striking is um, another level. It probably will come out and show uh, during this fight, but you never know. It takes one shot with the guy's type of power like Khalil, but uh, I think this could be a big fight for Jacoby. I mean, what is he? He's on a nine-fight unbeaten streak right now. He's riding momentum. A win here against Khalil, I know Khalil's not ranked, but can we please put him with someone in the top ten? I mean, what's a guy got to do, okay. you know?
0: Uh, I agree. I mean, I mean- Dominic, champion kickboxers don't have the best track record against one field <laughs> round trade. Never forget Mr. Gokansaki making Yes, his, uh, Yes. Meeting his his end his as maker. far as an MMA <laughs> goes. Um, also on this card, Dominic, say it with me, everybody. Andre Arlovsky, Arlovsky by decision. By decision. <laughs> oh my God, Dom, you really. How about just... repeat after me? There you ah, go. There you go. Andre Arlovsky by decision. Yay. All the kids clap, all the fans cheer. Are you kidding me? I said repeat after me. Yeah. Oh.
1: <clears throat> Andre Arlovsky by decision.
0: Yeah. He's taking on Marcos Rogerio De Lima. Big I'm number. licking I'm licking my wounds a little bit after the my my big bold claims of Charles Oliveira triumph. So I'm not going to do it with Arlovsky, because this fight scares me a little bit. Mm. It scares the fucking hell out of me, Dom. Yeah. Because Dilema, if you watch what he did to um, our good friend uh, Ben Rothwell. Yeah. He nearly knocked his head into, like, the 10th row. True. Dilema is capable of that kind of output, that kind of power. Yeah. But he's also had some very disappointing performances in the Octagon. That's sort of why he's in this position that he's in. Andre Arlovsky has been a model of consistency over the last few years. To put it lightly. man has won 10 straight decisions. Or 10 straight wins via decision, I should say. Yeah, his last 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he recognizes in order to keep himself relevant, to keep himself just fighting and the best promotion in the world he's had to adapt i mean this is a guy in 2005 was a world champion in the ufc the ufc heavyweight champion and he did it because he was the most athletic most explosive heavyweight that they had ever seen that's not this guy anymore no but he's replaced it by being a very high fight iq guy who knows how to stay out of danger clenches up will make it dirty, and he will squeak by a decision every time if you let him. I like the edge here in terms of the fight IQ. I think DeLima may look for that big shot because we know Arlovsky's chin's not great. But if you can't put him away early, I think Arlovsky's chances get better and better and better Uh here. So Uh I have to do it. I have to do it. It's Arlovsky by decision. That's the bet. That's the prediction. I can't. I don't know any other way, Dom. It, it it is a way of life for you, Noah, and I love that very much about you.
1: Dare I say it's my
0: favorite thing about you? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that's it for UFC Vegas uh, sixty nine. I don't know what the fuck you said. Um, <laughs> That'll come later. <laughs> yeah. If you guys would like to see all of our plays for this card for the weekend, you can do so by following our social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at the Bajma. Yeah. Also on TikTok. Also there. Uh Dominic posts the plays usually Friday, sometimes Saturday, but always before the card uh on Twitter, Instagram. So you can make sure to follow us there. Get the plays there. Mm-hmm. Um I will just mention before we get into closing statements, Dom, there is another card this weekend. This is true. Bellator two eighty seven in Milan, Italy. Yes. But I gotta be honest, mm. there was really nothing to preview here.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's not to say that there's not fights on here that aren't interesting, that won't be good. There's a lot of Italian talent on here. I like the idea of going to Milan Italy. I mean, Dominic, of all people, should enjoy that this that you know his homeland is getting <laughs> some exposure here in terms of MMA. All right. Um But just wanted to mention it because even though we'll be watching it, I'm sure it's not something we can really preview because I mean, Fabian Edwards is on here, but it, there might be something for the recap. Let's put it that way. You got anything that you want to add for that?
1: No, there's really like nothing. There's like no big fights. Cause usually Bellator, at least for their main event, if it's not a title fight, they'll have some sort of like top five, top 10 matchup. But I mean, this one, Adam Piccolotti. From Italy. Obviously, that's why he's main eventing. And he's fighting a guy that's debuting from France. Um, I'm going to fuck his name up, but I'm going to say it. Mansoir Barnois. Actually, that's probably pretty close because he's from Paris. Let me know, guys. So, yeah, there's really not much to preview. As Noah said, (laughs) maybe there'll be something to recap, but it's not the strongest... uh, it's not the strongest MMA weekend.
0: We'll just, well, we'll just it look, Apologies if anybody was looking for more of an in-depth breakdown of that fight or the Fabian Edwards fight. But if something of note comes out of these fights, we're going to talk about it on Monday. So yeah, take solace in that. Stay tuned. I'm using a lot of big words today. I'm you really myself. are. Uh, we only end the show one way and one way only, Dom. And that's what the little thing we like to call closing statements. Yeah. It's the point of the show where me and Dom can talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, you got any closing statements for this Thursday edition? Dude, I was just trying to think when you were doing our socials, and I just...
1: I don't think I have anything. I hope you do. And maybe it'll spark something in me. Sometimes that's what really gets me. You'll spark it, and then I'll have something. Hmm. But right now... I'm going to be the shitty co-host and pass it to you.
0: No, it's fine, man. It's low-key. I've been kind of doing that for months now, and you've just been kind of... Like, usually whatever you say, I just backpack it, and then I'm (laughs) just like, all right, we're out of here, just (laughs) sign off. Uh, So I'm curious. I've been getting my hair cut at the same place for... Uh, Yeah. How long now? I mean... 11 years 10 years 12 years yeah and that's what they established me called great clips (laughs) (laughs) so um i'm curious if that's is that okay like i know a lot of people have beef with great clips yeah i've never had an issue with any haircut i've ever gotten from there like ever now my haircut's pretty easy I do oh, a, one, a one on the sides and back, hard part up to the line, mm-hmm. and then I just tell them to trim off the top. So it's a yeah. pretty easy haircut. But I'm just curious, like, now that I make a little more money, i got my career, I got my own place, you know, I'm like, should I be spending more money on my haircut? Because it's kind of nice to only spend like 20 bucks once a month on a haircut, you know?
1: No Noah's about to be like the fighters on Embedded. He's going to have the barber coming over, cutting it in his house. <laughs> I see it now on his little balcony. I see his yeah. hair dropping oh, off the sides. On the
0: balcony. Yeah. 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 But That's a good question. I mean, how often do you get your hair cut? Because you keep your hair very short.
1: I just got it cut yesterday, and it had been six weeks. Since I got it. Your hair doesn't...
0: Your hair must not grow very quickly then. Because I feel yeah, like...
1: It doesn't grow crazy. But the problem is I can't do much with it. Yeah. Is the thing. So I can't let it like get long. Because it just don't do nothing. It just looks mm. like shit. So... But once a month. So like if it's like the very beginning. Like for example, it was middle of September last year. Or <laughs> last month. It was the end of October. So things like that. Mm. Four, five, six weeks. Anything more than I mean, six that's... weeks. I'm not looking... I mean, I'm never looking that good, but you guys get (laughs) the
0: point. Mine's probably around five. What bothers me is my sides. Like the sides just start getting gross. See,
1: mine's the opposite. I can't stand when my top gets long. The sides all.
0: See, I could let the top grow even more. Oh, we seen... I I mean, all I do is, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You guys don't really get that joke, (laughs) but uh, in high school, I did rock. Uh, what would you describe it as an afro i'd say a mini afro yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, i kept the sides like this short and then the hair was just a curly like i mean it was there was some interesting nicknames that came from that time period (laughs) right uh, right right. (laughs) but anyways i'm noah baker that's dominic salive we are but just two of the below average joes and we will see you guys on monday